28 going down past the 8 o'clock in Good Morning Dominica. It's the time to talk. Certainly the time to talk. Um, we are going to be discussing a few issues this morning. But I thought since we're just a couple of weeks removed from the national budget, I thought it would be a good uh, topic of discussion this morning to take a closer look at what's exactly in the budget. After all, this is going to define the government's behavior for the next year, for the next several months. It's also going to determine a lot about our own well-being in Dominica in terms of what happens to public servants, what happens to what levels of debt, what happens to prices. So it's a very important document and I'm going to be taking a, a very close look at the national budget this morning, but that was presented in Parliament on the 26th of July. So I will tell you what I'm going to do. Since I've decided to take a look at the budget, I, I decided to put on my professional heart, not as a politician, which I'm not yet quite yet, here yet, but as a professional, as an individual during my time uh, over 13 years working at the International Monetary Fund, I was privileged to review, comment on, critic, help, you know, whatever, in several countries' budgets. I've seen it from advanced countries to developing countries, French-speaking, English-speaking, all across the globe. And um, think I'm in a relatively good position to provide a, a balanced critic of the government's budget, um, not looking at it in a very professional manner, just in terms of, of everything. You see, a budget is not, is not done in a vacuum. Your budget as a government is supposed to reflect the realities of the situation. So what has been Dominica's recent reality? Our, our recent reality, if you can put it in three major areas, one, the COVID-19 pandemic that slowed down production, that really had a negative impact on the economy, and the country was shut down for several months at a time, and so that was one. Then you have the impact of the war, the Ukraine war, or the Russian war on Ukraine, as a second major impact on the economy, which has resulted in sky-high prices, price of petrol going off of the roof, um, Domlek prices as well going sky-high. And then uh, probably the third reality of Dominica is this government's inability to create opportunities for the young people of this country. So you have a skyrocketing level of unemployment. You have hundreds of students who graduated this year and a precious few will get access to the job market. So to me, there are obviously others that we could talk about, but I wanted to focus on those three areas. I mean, that any budget in this time should have been targeted at those three. So I was looking within the, con the confines of the budget to see whether or not those three areas were tackled and whether they were tackled sufficiently. And it is clear in terms of the relief 
that we see in the budget that there is very little concern about the impact on the livelihoods, the impact on the people of Dominica with regards to high prices, with regards to lack of economic activities, and with regards to the unemployment that we spoke about. So let's, let's look at some of the areas that the government decided that it would give a focus on. Government decided that in this year, one of the main focus with regards to fiscal policy, fiscal does having to do with your tax, if you like your tax policy, one of its major areas will be a focus on improving tax collection. So in an economy that's already contracting, that's already being downsized, the government has decided that this year it is going to focus heavily on tax issues. It is going to be putting an emphasis on tax collections uh, because there has been a serious issue, of course, with regards to the inability of the government to grow the tax base. Um, in fact, the taxes collected last year in 2021 was significantly less than the taxes collected five years ago in 2016. So in 2016, we collected up roughly $370 million in taxes. This year, it was $333 million. So you have a, a, a reduction in your tax collection, which indicates that the government is, that the economy is contracting. And so the government's response is, all right, the economy is contracting. We are not getting enough taxes. Well, why don't we squeeze the people even further? Why don't we put measures in place to improve our tax collections, to go after small and medium taxpayers? And so you can expect if you're a small business owner, um, someone from the IRS, I say for the IRS, from the, from the um, Inland Revenue Department, IRD, uh, somebody from the Inland Revenue Department may very well be knocking on your door because they will be looking to see your books, uh, looking to see how they can extract some more taxes from you. So that's the reality of this budget, um, going after taxpayers, you know, contract bad policy, if you ask me, uh, because what you really want to do whenever a situation of a contracting economy as we have in Dominica is you really would want to grow the economy. You want to create more space. So it might sound counterintuitive or it might sound um, contrary to what is the right thing to do but that is the right thing to do. The right thing to do when your economy is contracting, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, is to find ways to expand it. And anytime you use tax policy like this, it's going to have the opposite effect. So if you're going after taxpayers, if you are if you're in trying to increase your tax revenues because you feel in the past you've not had enough taxes, then you're going to be putting measures in place that, uh, that are punitive to the very same individuals who will be expected to grow your economy, in particular the small business owners. So if I were the government, if I was in government doing a budget in the year 2022, given the conditions that I have described, I would be looking to provide relief to the private sector. I would be talking to business owners, restaurant owners, hotel owners, retail owners, small construction firms, um, 
all sorts of service providers, whatever small business we have in Dominica, I would have summoned or brought these small businesses together and say, listen, I'm not going to be punitive to you. I'm going to give you a chance. What, I, what we really want is, to, is for you as a small business to be able to grow your business and to be able to employ individuals, to employ a few more individuals. So how can we help you as a government to increase your employment from, say, now you let's assume on average you have 10 workers. How can we help you to increase that by two or by three or by four? Okay, so we want to help the small owners. Would a, a tax break help? I know it's going to hurt us this year um, if we are, because we need to be collecting more taxes, but we're going to give you a tax break. And we want you to use this tax break to hire an additional worker or two. You know, work with us. We'll work with you as, as business owners. And so what you will in fact be doing as a government is A, you'll be creating goodwill with the business sector. Secondly, you'll be showing your intent uh, to grow the economy and, to, and also to understand that the main driver, the way by which you grow an economy is to allow the private sector to grow and to thrive and to develop. Okay, so you're looking for opportunities for the private sector. Then you would, you would talk to the businesses and say, is there something, is there an area that you would like to probably extend into? Uh, is there a business person who perhaps wants to go into the water export business or probably wants to bring in a manufacturing facility or something? How can we help you do that? How can we help you establish that? Because what we are, what we are after is to create a certain number of jobs. What we are after is to help a certain number of individuals to stand on their feet and to grow. And, and, so, and so that is one of the things, that's one of the first things that I would do. So certainly the idea of going after taxpayers in this period of rising um, prices in this period of uh, a contracting economy when people have less spending power. Uh, because the other thing that you need to bear in mind is that uh, the, the, both within the private and the public sectors, we have not seen any type of wage increases in a very long time. So the fact that you have high prices, it means that the value of your dollar is going down. So let's put it in, in simple terms. If last month you had $10 to spend on, on goods, right? on, on groceries, $10, you'd be able to buy a certain quantity of groceries with that. You'd be able to buy some, some bread, some sugar, flour, etc. for $10. It gives you a fixed amount of groceries. Okay? Now, you, this month, one month later, you have the same $10 and you go to the same grocery shop you'll realize that before you complete your list of last month, <laughs> that this $10 is gone, right? It means that the value of your dollar is going down. And that is the number one impact of inflation. And that's why we are so concerned about inflation. We are concerned about inflation because as the price level goes up, the value of the dollar goes down. So what most countries do is that they put into their budgets 
automatic increases for public servants. They also encourage the private sector to follow suit so that people will have a situation where they can keep up with inflation. So I can tell you without any fear of contradiction that for the majority of public workers in Dominica, I'm talking about our, our hardworking teachers, policemen, fire officers, um, others involved in the service sector, government services, I can tell you the fact that they have not received any salary increases of note of late means that the average public servant is worse off today than they were free even four months ago. They're worse off. It means that the same salaries that they have is doing less. So it calls for a lot of sacrifice. People have to sacrifice more. Probably they have to drive less, walk more. Um, probably they have to cut off on what they can give to their, to their families in terms of how much they can contribute in that regard. Probably less they have to give to the church, to their other support, other areas that they support. That's a, that's a reality. Because as your, as your economy uh, contracts, as the price level goes up, you become poorer. So you, as an individual, has to make those types of choices. So that's the number one critic of this, of this budget, is that it does not uh, address a fundamental issue in the economy, which is that of high, high and rising prices and how you can help the people in that country cushion this. So I would have really have loved to see in this budget uh, some increases, some wage increases that will at least allow the public servants to, you know, to remain even. They're not, not going to get rich over it. You're just maintaining their given position. All right? That's what it is. When you give an, an increase, that's, and the government has the resources, by the way. Okay, with these billions of dollars in, in um, passport sales from the CBI program, the resources are there. All right? The, the question is, are you as a government willing to provide those resources to the people? Okay? And we, sometimes we talk about the police not being motivated. Um, people say, oh, they call the police and they don't come or they this and the other, is because, you know, you, you need to keep your public servants motivated. People have to feel that, yes, after working hard for a year, they can look forward to some kind of bonus, they can look forward to some kind of increase at the end of the year, that the efforts have been rewarded. But when you don't reward the efforts of the public servants, when you don't, you know, compensate them as you ought to, then the whole system begins to fall apart because now people are not as, as concerned. So um, as a member of the public, you walk into a government office expecting a certain level of service, it's not there because people are simply not motivated. This is just human nature. So we then complain because now we are going to this, to this office, people are unconcerned, they're not giving their due attention to you, they're not giving you the kind of service that you deserve, and then you see how very quickly that can go down. So. That's number one. The, the other area, and I'm going to talk about a few of them, but I will, I will talk about those two and then we'll, we'll take a break. The second area that I was concerned about um, in this budget is the high and growing levels of debt. The high and growing levels of debt. And I'm trying to get the numbers 
um, that the government has given as the as the debt levels and it's not insignificant it's not insignificant um, it's quite a, a high level the external debt public sector external debt that's just the external debt 951.8 million dollars so 951.8 million dollars of external debt that means the government's owing foreigners either foreign banks uh, foreign entities like multilaterals like the world bank the imf um, the chinese government for example and different foreign entities that have been owned owed 951.8 million dollars uh, domestic debt 645.5 million dollars so if you were to look at the total levels of debt your external debt of 951.8 and your domestic debt of 645.5 you're looking at a total debt stock, what we call a debt stock of $1.6 billion. Now, the government in its budget says that they were going to be using, they were going to be using the, some of the proceeds from the CBI to pay for debt. Now, that is very concerning. I'll tell you why that concerns me. Uh, you know, <laughs> to begin with, and I'm, I'm going to go back a little and, and ask the question, why did the government have to incur that level of debt? Okay, that's the, that's the obvious question. Why, why this level of debt? Because we, we do not see this high level of spending reflected in what is going on in the economy it has not done anything to grow the economy so why this high level of debt so why this high level of domestic debt because when you have this high level of domestic debt what that means effectively is that you're preventing the other sectors of the economy to grow government have what we call this crowding out effect in that you push out the private sector so that there is less money available within the financial sector for the private sector to do what they need to do because government is busy borrowing from the banking sector now when you use your revenues to begin with when you do your normal debt service payments that already takes away a significant amount of money from what you could do otherwise because government has only a limited amount of money at the disposal every month if they have to be servicing their debt as a number one thing they have to be paying those debt servicing because you have to pay interest along with what what we call the the amortized portion of the debt the, the, you are paying this amount every month that is less money for health services less money for education less money to repair the roads less money for government services okay so already you have been penalized as a country because so much of the money is now going to of your current revenues that you are gaining from tax or from the CBI program. They're going to repay the debt. Now, on top of that, the government is saying, let us put additional resources into the payment of debt. 
So that means that's even more money going into that. So there, there is obviously no money for public servants to get a, an increase that they deserve. There is obviously no money to put to furnish the Marigot Hospital or the PMH as should be done. There is now no money to refurbish and to help rebuild some schools, set them up nicely, put in computer labs and make learning a better environment for the individuals because a lot of these resources are going into servicing the debt. So that's a huge problem that we have on our hands, those high levels of debt. But what is worse, and that is very important, is that this level of debt, it's, it's really stifling because it is more than we are actually producing. In other words, if you, put, if you put a value on all the goods and services produced in Dominica last year, that is less than the value of your debt. So we say in economic terms, we, we, what we say is that your debt to GDP ratio, if you compare your debt to your GDP, it is over 100%. Now, why is that bad? The ECCB region, as a region, the ECCB currency region, which is the countries from Anguilla in the north down to Grenada in the south, have agreed that they will try to reduce their debt stock, their, their debt. They will try to bring it down to 63% of debt to GDP. So it means that we are over 100. We are already over 40% greater. So if we, have to, if we have to reach the ratio or, or the threshold set by the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, we have to reduce it by over 40%. 40% of $16 billion, that's over $600 million that you have to find to repay. That's a lot of money in an economy like ours, where in one year you only make $330 million in taxes. So that is a huge problem for the country right there. So in terms of that, and not only this, but in, in, in most Countries that are doing well, that are progressing nicely, their debt-to-GDP ratio is actually 20%. 20%. So we are talking about a situation where we are five times greater than where decent countries are. So we have a very long way to go. It shows a government that has been reckless in its spending, a government that has been spending without any regard to the product, productive sectors of the economy, a government that has, in fact, prioritized foreign labor and foreign construction firms over domestic firms. I mean, we went through the budget report, through the Auditor General's report with you last week, and we saw that in practically every case where tenders were offered, they were offered to foreign contracting construction firms, which I'm told actually bring in their workers, bring in their, their vehicles, bring in their heavy equipment, so the heavy equipment operators in Dominica do not benefit. A lot of these monies are going, going back out of the economy. So where we've been um, spending or where they're borrowing to build these diff different things, it's not the impact is not as it should be. All right. So these are, these are a couple of the things that we will keep looking at. I have brought to you two major areas of attention and of concern that we have as it relates to the economy 
and as it relates to government's budget. We're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about the budget. We'll also be taking some of your calls. This is the hot set. All right. Um, Here's some great news. Here's some great news. Big Edge is here to help with a big back-to-school promotion. From now till September 6, you can win a third prize of $500. Second prize, $1,000. And first prize, $1,500. When you sign up for Big Edge loan with the usual great payment terms and lower interest rates, all loans are eligible. Apply online at BigEdgeFinancialExpress.com. And for more info, you could contact 440-9009, 440-9007, 9009 or walk in on 71 Hillsborough Street, Roseau. Terms and conditions apply. Big Edge, financing your most cherished moment. It's 7 going up before you of 9 o'clock. Good morning to you on the telephone. Good morning, Samson. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Samson, um, I hope you were successful in your court. I haven't heard what happened with you in the court. But I hope, you know, things looking better every time you go on there. Maybe you all get this thing dropped. But I want to address mm -hmm. your situation now mm -hmm. that you're speaking of. The debt to income ratio of the island. And I think in some of our cases, I think some people hear you, but they don't understand. And you're going to have to take it down to them to the level of a street talk. My brother... While you are doing that, my concern is not what I just said, but my concern is for you to throw in the future expenditure of the airport. That is going to be another billion plus. So we'll be talking of an island like Dominica owing $3 billion or more, and it's not producing anything. We have all these hotels projected to bring in all these tourists. And it's not going the way that they plan it. They will tell you something else. But if you open your eyes and look, you will see it's not going. Because to, to bring in the level of income that you're speaking that should give us a balance or close to being balanced, it's not even there. That many people are not coming. And even if you build an airport at $1.6 billion, I don't think it's a good economic uh, 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 endeavor because that is not going to bring in no more tourists than you are getting now. You might get a little bit more, but as in, in a, 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 a position like, say, Jamaica, even Jamaica tourists have been uh, falling. Uh, Santo Domingo is getting big tourists. But my, 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 my thing is we're going to owe more than $3 billion and our projected income is not showing where that money is going to come from or what the people are going to do because we have nothing to produce, nothing to show for it. My brother, I'm listening because that's your specialty. I would like you to, to, to give me a feedback on what I just told you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kala.
Yes, indeed. I, I just want to address a couple of the issues that the caller raised with regards to what, what is going to happen to our future debt stock. So we had $1.6 billion. As you rightly said, if you throw in expenses uh, for the budget, that's another six, that's probably another close to $1 billion over a couple of years. Uh, so we could see a three billion dollar debt, but I'm even more con my my bigger concern though, uh, and a more immediate worry that, that I have is in looking at the government's revenue and expenditure estimates for this year, because you have on the one hand you receive income, the income we government receive is through taxes and the CBI program. Okay, that's what the government has as its own, and then it it spends through it payments to public servants, payment for services. And of course, it does the capital projects, whether it's road building, school building, and so on. But in this last budget, the recurrent revenue, the revenue that government got was $896.2 million. And you had another $5 million in capital revenue. So let's call it roughly $900 million, right? But the expenditure was $1.2 billion dollars so what that means it means effectively you have to be lending or borrowing rather you have to be borrowing at least 200 million dollars a year just to maintain the current budget which means in five years you will have already amassed a debt of one additional one billion dollars just in five years just with this budget not a cause for concern Back to the telephones. Good morning. All right, we missed the scholar. Let's try another line. If the local line. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Fontaine. How are you? Sir? I'm doing well. Good morning to uh, you. Well, it's nice to know that you are here and then you you are alive and well. Yes. No matter what they try to do you, but God is with you. Giving thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yes, Dr. Fontaine. I call to thank you for bringing down to the man on the street what inflation is. What you what is mean by GDP to to that ratio, and then just to educate the, the public because that is very very important. A lot of people see things happening out there. They might see a nice road, but they don't know that would have cost us twice what it's supposed to cost us and what have you. So mm -hmm. thanks a lot. God is with you. So have a nice day. All right, and thank you, thank you so much for listening and for participating this morning. Uh, good morning to you on the telephone, overseas line. Mr. Fountain, blessings to you. And to you as well. Okay, sir. So I remember uh, years ago when I was in Dominica, I was trying to organize a small business association. And I remember being on Matt Pelzer's show and talking about the domino effect. That is the negative domino effect we're going to have because of the way the country was running. And me as a small business person, we've, we've come from a poor family. I would say a poor family. Because Dominica, we really don't have any rich set of people, only the, those that are, you know, whatever we call rich. And I have seen where I had to start business from taking financing from one institution to another to make it add up, to make it work. And me with the intelligence and with the, with the, with the time of, of, of creating my own business strategies, and I saw the, the decline of the economy in Dominica, I spoke about it. I said, Ross will leave, the CP will close down, all that will be done. Now, listening to what you were saying, I don't know why our people not seeing the reality for what it is, because it's going to get worse. You know, the same things I predicted is what's happening. You know, and I'm not an economist, you know. But I just know basic common sense knowledge and numbers as a business person, you know. 
And we have to look at the problem we are in now. And what is in is there for our children to come? Because we are still suffering, even if most of us left Dominica. And we are the productive minds of this country. We are the ones who created jobs. Whether it was small jobs or it was jobs creating which helps the economy. And most of us with this kind of productive knowledge left. You understand? Because we're looking for, for better because we saw the strain. We have our bills and responsibilities back home. And, you know, and we have people, and now we're looking at it, but just look at the causes of what caused us to be in that position we are. Financially, as a country, we should look and see why are we here? Why are we in that position and what can we do to get it out? Because if you have your pipe water, uh, have a, a leak in, 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 your, in your tap, and every day it is dripping, 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 you still have the same problem, even if you think you, you have it solved. You know? Because nothing's going to get better. You know, and when you, you talk know, people taking mm-hmm. parties that politics caller i agree i agree no i just wanted to interact with you just a little bit there because firstly i'm i I was concerned and i am concerned that as a as a budding businessman that you had to you had to flee you had to run away from from dominica because of the situation the question i wanted to ask you is are you contemplating is there is there a time you see yourself coming back to dominica to continue to contribute to the country that you love and uh, you, you want to give to my, Mr. Fountain, I will tell you something here. Yeah? We are out there and our heart is back home. Dominica is a unique country. My brother, we are not free in America, you know. We are free back home. But it will be good to be free back home and seeing that you're working and you're working, you're, you have the ambition and you can see the level of success because you know ahead is success. You know, not just us because we are leaving soon. We, are, oh, we were in our 20s, right now we're in our 40s and 50s, we're moving. You understand? It's what about the generation? Are they are they gonna see a direction? Are they gonna say, you know what? I can feel like I'm working and I'm working because I'm going to be successful and I'm succeeding by working. We don't have that home. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would like to come back home, and many of us, we have high intelligent persons out there that would like to contribute and invest in the country. And you hear they're going into other islands and investing. You understand? We had a Ross University that was there from time we were baby. We know that we heard that word Ross University in our young age. You know, it only takes one administration to get rid of that. When we had past administrations which work with a university that was known in the Americas to be contributing plans towards GDP. You, you understand? Mm-hmm. You know, we just, yeah, what are we going to come back to, Mr. Fountain? An economist, tell me what are we going to come back to. Dominicans no longer believe in truth to, truth to, to, to power. Dominicans take lies and make lies a reality. You know, I said to you many times on the radio, you could call or come on or down and say the Rosa River running melted gold. A lot of Dominicans will believe it. Look at our water resources. What are we doing? I'm buying water that I'm just not, just worse than anything. Look at our provision, our, our, our agriculture. I've seen things from Jamaica, even the, the stones, the pebbles by the beaches we have, the pebbles, the, the, the volcanic pebbles we have by the side, it's been sold in packs for $4.95 for a few stones, things we have just there. Where's the productivity? What are we going to come back to? Tell me, Mr. Odey, you are an economist, you are getting work out there. Tell me, 
what is Domin in Dominica for anyone to, to, to well, feel like they have to come out? I know the situation. The, the situation is bleak right now, and, and it's because of this government that has been in place for over 20 years, 23 years to be exact, and has not done much for the country. But I believe that with a new direction, with a change of government, with new people in place, that this country can take off. It's not too late, and I, I don't want you to lose hope, certainly. I don't want you to lose hope not, over Dominica. It's not, um, it's not losing hope. It's not losing hope. It's the mindset of our generation, Mr. Fountain. You're not losing hope. You're not losing hope. Remember what I said to you, and I'm uh, glad you're interacting with me. I'm saying to you, is that we are the we are the ones who were there under the let's go administration. We were there under Freedom Party. We were there under Patrick John. We we get that kind of culture. We we will ad we adapt that kind of, of 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 energy, that kind of drive to succeed. But we have a generation, we have a politi polit political party in power for 20 years. And the child I was born here right now is 20 years. That's the only kind of mindset they have. It's that kind of politics, political strategy that have them stupid, have them thinking less. It's like they settle for less. Yes, we need change. We need a change. When we get a change, we, we, there are people like, for instance, I mean, people might think I'm biased to my fact that I, must, um, I, be, I have a lot of confidence in Leonard Clinton. I have a lot of confidence in people with 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 with, with a goal to to see that Dominica become what it can be, you know. But what 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 is really going on with our people's mindset? You yeah, you come on this radio this morning and you are dealing with numbers. You are dealing with facts, and there will be a few set of persons that in high that's supposed to be intelligent people will find a way to spin it around to get the the, the mindset of the people puzzled, and they're gonna settle and believe them. You know, we have to hold this principle responsibility for, for responsible for the for the wickedness and the crime they're doing to country and to a people. Our people are to serve back home, man. It's not about politics. It's not about particular individual as prime minister or ministers or what. Is are we getting results? Are there results? Bro, anyway, man, have a blessed one. But I'm telling you, it is tough. A lot have to be changed back home. People's mindset have to change because the people that were 10 years when that government came in for, they are 30 years. You know, I've seen young men just sit down on the roadside. That's why our crime rate is so high because there's no productivity. There's no aim for them to say, you know what, I can see on, on the horizon a, a level of success, you know. We have a lot of ambition people home. Very ambitious persons. Very intelligent people. But if you're not giving them the avenue for them to, to, to do what they're capable of doing, all they're going to do, they're going to sit down on the roadside and try to see where they get the first $5 to and most of them have their families. That's for Our sure. financial institutions are crippling. The financial institutions are just concerned about making profit. They're not working with people that 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 that, that are, are, are business by people that have the, the, the energy they can make grow. I am a victim of the financial institution back home. I had to leave and I'm still a victim of the financial institution where they're just collecting income and they're not fixing what that has to be done. And I had to just give up and say, you know what, I'm leaving it in God's hand. That financial institution is just collecting money every month. They don't care. And when they could just fix it, just fix a little, put a little dot over the I and cross the T's to make it easier for both of us where they will still make wealth. They don't care. What are we going to do? My brother, our people are drowning. We are drowning with the basic ignorance. As, as Mr. Pierre said, we use our ignorance as a badge of honor. Unless the people will come together and see the reality. My brother, we're just going to be declining. And we're going to decline more and more and more, bro. It's not going to change easy like that. Right. We have another administration. That same administration is there for another two years. Let's say that. Anyway, bro, thank you, man. Appreciate all right. All right. I'm on work right now. I have to take a five minutes. Have a blessed. Uh, okay, thanks. Dominica, Appreciate it very much.
All the best. All, All right. right. God Thank bless you. Me. Thank you so much. Let's continue for telephone calls. A uh, very good morning to all of you that are tuned in. Uh, let's go back to the telephones. Good morning. Mr. Fong, good morning. Yes, good morning. Yeah, um, I've been listening. Now, um, talking about, uh, before I, I say anything, let me ask you a question. Didn't the government actually um, remove um, duties on pleasure crafts and them kind of stuff? Yes, they did, yes. Okay, so how you depending on taxes to run the country? And you are taking out duties on luxury boats and the yachts and this kind of stuff. I, I, it, it, it's really mind-boggling you know, on that level. Yeah, it's baffling as well. And, and when you consider that these are the people who are best able to pay those taxes and pay those duties. Yeah, these are the rich people that are capable of doing it. But the local people on the ground, you are taxing them the fat and all these different things. Not only that, but you know and I know, under this government, more businesses have failed to operate in Dominica, whether it's foreign businesses, local businesses, just like you had a man, a gentleman a while ago that had a business in Dominica, he had to move on. Now, this is also the amount of taxes you cause yourself to lose by losing businesses. Now, it's a ripple effect because it's across the board. Let's say, for instance, you shut down Ross. You did not always, you didn't stand on the side and watch Ross leave. You watch many businesses shut down by Ross leaving. Even the man, the little man on the side that would do a bar, depending on the workers by Ross to pass and buy a drink in his bar, he had to shut down because Ross is shut down, the workers ain't there no more. You understand what I'm saying? So that kind of level of leadership is a failed leadership, and people fail to understand this is not leadership to take them to another level where they prosper and succeed. Now, all these years, brother, all these years, we have listened to Roosevelt's carrot and this DLP administration denying and rejecting the building of an airport. And now, what, why should it even make sense anybody rely on them for an airport? My brother, you denied all the, the, all the years. That means you robbed people of opportunities. If the airport was there, Dominica would have been further. But you, you blocked it. And today, you're talking about airport now. You robbed everybody out of opportunities in your life where it's supposed to be financially and otherwise. Look, you shut down the aerial tram to say you're going to do geothermal energy. Now, you, I don't know if you heard about it, the government is looking to open a, uh, 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 an aerial tram in the same area. So, uh, what happened? No geothermal energy can happen again. So, it's just a mess. And as I always say in closing, Roosevelt's carrot is the problem of Dominica. This leadership is the one draining Dominica. How is it that you can build how many mansions in hard time? Whilst people cannot make it. You got millions in hard time and people ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? My brother, anyway, thanks for the opportunity. All right, thank you. Thank you so much, Carla. Thanks for saying it here on the hot seat. Good morning to you. Good morning, Mr. Fountain, and good morning to all conscientious Dominica. I share the same sentiment with all the the previous callers. And Mr. Fountain, it aches my heart to hear how the economic is felt out by you. And I would say, if Roosevelt carried 
administration had an iota of your knowledge and Mr. Linton knowledge, Dominica would be on track. And it hurts my heart to see the people in the diaspora who know about development. That's why they leave their country and they come for opportunity. And they waste every five years and come to Dominica to destroy Dominica's democracy. I can tell you, they should be ashamed of themselves because they are allowing the Dominican people, they're denying them the opportunity and the good living they have in America. I just want to compliment the Dominican people in Atlanta. We had a Dominica Jume Day, and I, I get the opportunity to meet Miss Simone. And a lot of Dominicans, and I tell you, when they were playing a song, many workers the way that robbed the crowd. So we have people out there who are sensing back to the um, workers' days. It was much better. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll take a quick break for commercial sake and we'll be right back with a lot more of your calls and your interventions on the hot seat. On Saturday, August 27th, 2022, the Goodwill Parish Hall will explode with laughter. Dominica's leading comedians battle for the champion of laughter in the first ever trailblazing comedy competition organized by the Laugh Dominica Initiative. A night of fun, laughter, clean and relaxing entertainment. Laugh Out Loud Dominica tickets are available at the former location of Parade of Fashion. $40 in advance, $50 at the gate, and US $10 for pay-per-view on Comsa TV. This event pays homage to Mikey Bruni, Felix Henderson, Lawrence Brumont, and a fitting tribute to Alwyn Bruni and Franklin Moses. Remember the date, 8 p.m. Saturday, 27th August, at the Goodwill Parish Hall. Laugh out loud, Dominica. Supported by AC Schillingford and Company Limited, NJAM, DNO, Comsi TV Q95, and MO News. All right, I'm not sure what happened. Auto Trade Limited is your number one choice for all your automotive needs. We have the best in new and reconditioned vehicles. For over 25 years, Auto Trade has represented top quality brands like Suzuki. Kia, Nissan, and Hyundai commercial trucks. We are the leading provider for genuine auto parts and accessories at affordable prices. Need your car fixed? Our trained and certified technicians will do it right the first time with professional service using state-of-the-art equipment, getting you back on the road in no time. And did you know we provide hassle-free financing on all your vehicles? We are the best choice for a complete automotive experience from purchase to parts and service. Because at Auto Trade, 
It's not just a vehicle, it's a relationship. Ready Florida, GCS Entertainment presents the greatest summer bash 2022 featuring the mighty, mighty swinging stars on Sunday, August 28th from 4 p.m. to midnight at 2901 Hollywood, Florida. Also featuring DJ Joe, DJ Lucky, DJ Lester, Daniel, and more. Tickets in advance at $30 and are available at the Fancy Low Bakery, Julia's Kitchen, Babin at 954-857-6966, Nigel at 954-858-8095, and Malum at 786-487-9099. Good morning to you on the telephone. Welcome back to the hot seat. Hi, good morning. Good morning to you. Yes, and um, you know, I was just supposed to call and just listening, you know, to all what is happening. I just want to agree with this gentleman. I mean, it's frustrating. I can tell you, being, being living here, it's frustrating. You want to do something. You want to continue to do your business, but it is really frustrating. Being a farmer, you want to get certain things done. Everything is high. Fertilizer is very expensive. You cannot really purchase what you want to continue the business that you you want to do. So it is very frustrating. It is very, very, very stressful. In, in I mean, this... Dominica is a beautiful place we all know to live to live in, but this level of um, everything is just sky high, gas is high, food is high, everything is high. I mean, if you are just on the ground and you just listen to the to the hearts of of women, you know that have their children, their family to support, men that have their their their, their family to support. I mean, it's frustrating. And can you just imagine young people after they go to school for five years and they have their subject and 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 everything like that, and they cannot really get a job? And if they get a job, is like. They have to wait for a whole month to get five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month, which they cannot, that cannot even maintain like their bills, much less for food. So it is very, very, very sad what is going on in, in Dominica. And it's like the rich, the rich is rich and they don't care about anybody else. And this is really, really sad. We cannot talk about people that is overseas and wanting them to come back. Come back to what? Come back to what? To watch one another in their face? To go up to beg? You know? And that is what that is happening. And, and as somebody that know what to do, to, to how to make money for themselves and to survive for themselves, and at this time that you almost have to beg to survive in Dominica, that is really, really, really sad. I mean, it's sad. Good morning. I'm listening. All right. And a very good morning to you as well. Thank you so much for joining us here. We continue with your telephone calls. Good morning at 19 past the hour of nine in Dominica. Good morning. Yeah. Good, mo good morning, doctor. Yes. Good morning. Yes. Um, what I'm saying, in spite of the, the, the bad state of the economy, Scarlet remains popular. And there's a good chance that if he calls election again, that he has a good chance of winning again. So, so that's the problem in Dominica now. Um, in order for Scarry to remain relevant, he has to be like the Superman. So people are poor, but he, say, he says, if you have a problem, 
Why should I tell you go and pray to God when you can come to me? So you see, so scary is the man who has all the money, he has the big briefcase of money, and he, he's telling the people that, listen, if you have a problem, you can't pay your light bills, you can't pay your water bill. Just walk up the, the, the steps of the, of the ministry, come to me, and he'll give you a couple hundred dollars, and you'll pay your bills, and everything will be fine. Now, the $64 million question is, even if we change the government, <laughs> people's salaries are not going to go up, and, and prices are not going to go down. The, the state of the economy is bad, and, even if, and, and we, I, I, we all agree that the government needs to be changed. It should have, it should have been changed 10 years ago. But even if you change the government, that does not mean prices are going to go down and people's salaries are going to go up. The economy is bad and it's going to remain so for a long time. I'm, I'm not an economist, but I have been in business for 30 years and I know that even if you change the government, the prices are not going to change. So, and people's salaries are not going to go up because where the government is going to get the money to raise people's salaries. The economy has to grow and the, the government doesn't want the economy to grow because people will be independent. And people wouldn't depend on the government anymore. So in order for them to remain relevant, they have to keep the people poor and give the people handouts. Anyway, sir, I'm listening. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, the way you deal with this, with the, your concern about the economy remaining bad, is that you have policies. A new government coming in will have policies that can help move the grow the economy. An understanding of the importance of the private sector an understanding of the importance of keeping workers motivated and incentivized, you know, that you have to give, make sure that they get their just rewards. All these are things the new government coming in will be aware of and will be working on. Good morning to you. Mr. Zumzumba. Yes. Uh, you had a call a while ago uh, that uh, I felt like doubting the potential of Dominica and Dominique of capable of leading this country. Because I'm saying... Right now, all engines of growth have put to slip. Right? They're slipping. You need visionary leadership. Uh, you don't expect have somebody coming today, tomorrow, prices go up, economy. No, no, no. The economy of Dominica is mainly suffering because of bad leadership, non-visionary leadership. It's a leadership that believes in making people poor so that they can subject to them and beg them and they will be the the, 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 the big power or above the people. But if you have visionary leadership that is willing to take on uh, all the necessary things and put everything in place and get the engines of growth going, since Roosevelt's carried there, he have never modernized trade. Do you understand what I'm saying? Take trade to another level because something hit me. Uh, you supposed to answer me or you should be able to answer me on that. Didn't? Edison James on Edison James leadership that they bought into geese. Yes, uh huh. Right. So you see, you see, that was a visionary leadership because we would have had a stake. Dominica would have had a stake in geese. That means the product is a sure market. You see, it have a sure market for the product. Not only that, they would have a sure market, but they would have entrance into the big. A first world country where all the products of Dominica could have a stake out there also. But they came in and they killed that because they don't want anybody to be independent. So as I'm saying, Dominica have the potential to sustain its people. You know what I'm saying? But bad leadership is crippling everybody and the country by itself. 
How is it that Roosevelt's carry can have millions of dollars that the majority of Dominicans are suffering in a bad economy? Something is not right about this. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you very much, Kala. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your input this morning. Cash and Carry is the ideal spot to shop for your wholesale and food service needs. Don't underestimate its size. They offer a wide variety of best brands in grocery and household items that you know and trust in convenient sizes for businesses, restaurants, and households. Wondering where it is? Cash and Carry is located opposite the Immigration Department on King George V Street in Rosu. Visit them or call 316-0184 or 255 6823 to place your orders. Cash and carry, it's where I shop. And if they say convenience could make a big difference, then you can trust me. I know just where you should be. That is JP Mega, 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 Mega. Your one stop shopping, Dominica, Nica, 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 Nica. You could be shopping and having fun with your daughter or with your son. We cater to everyone. What a happy place. six or more of any item and you automatically qualify for a discount. Check us out at the mega store in Funkole where there's lots of parking. On Monday to Friday from 9am to 7pm. On Saturdays from 8am to 6pm. And on Sundays from 10am to 2pm. JP Mega, the best family shopping experience. Say health cannot have vibes. Well, Jolly's Pharmacy is proving you otherwise. With health vibes, every Wednesday morning on Q95 from 10 a.m. to 11:30. Health vibes, education, information, and a bit of humor, and not forgetting lots of vibes. Hosted by Carlton Lando, with co-host Jacinta Fagan Defo and Trudy Kristen. Jolly's Pharmacy is bringing health and vibes together every Wednesday, so be sure to tune in. Every Wednesday on Q95 from 10 a.m. to 11.30. Jolly's Pharmacy, leading the way in healthcare. It's 26 going on past you of uh, 9 o'clock. It's Tuesday, the 25th day in the month of August 2022. And we're discussing... Uh, hopefully not too late because we are still at the beginning of the cycle. The budget of the year 2022-2023. And we're discussing some major aspects of this budget as we go along here this morning. Of course, with your calls as well. You know, because we, we are talking about the situation in Dominica where... You know, in going around the country and in talking to different people, you, you get a sense that a number of people are in a state of, of they're concerned, obviously, um, concerned about the future, concerned about what's going to happen. And, and um, I was having a conversation with some young people and, and one of them says, you know, but the thing is, we have a choice. And I said, but, but what, what choice do you have? He says, well, we have a choice to leave, you know, and, and it, it should not be a case where the only choice that the young people of this country feel is to leave the country, you know. 
And I think if that's the only choice that we give our young people, then we failed this young people. And uh, and I know, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about the, the youth being the future and all the rest of it. We need to be able to create these conditions and these opportunities for the young people of Dominica. And there is ample resources in Dominica that can allow us to do so. But as one caller rightly said, it goes back to the leadership and who we put our trust in to lead us forward. Good morning to you. Good morning, Dr. Fountain, and thank you for your contribution to awakening our sleeping people. Dr. Fountain, there is no question that agriculture is a major, create, presents a major opportunity to rebuild our economy. Um, presently, you have a problem of water shortages in a lot of farming areas, so food is getting scarcer and scarcer. And Dominica is blessed with water. So we have the opportunity. We know that country to build itself is men that build country. And if you have the right people in leadership, right people, <coughs> sorry, right technical people, do the right research, prepare the right program, you can transform the economy of Dominica again. Because the economy was growing. I knew that we started... Um, we had the banana industry, which was a base of our agriculture, but we realized that there was a lot of opportunities in non-banana crops. And within four years, we were able to move exports from about $12 million to almost $30 million in four years. And we are just starting, started putting the, the necessary institutions, the necessary support system in place, uh, and even the farming system, because we had started the contract farming system which is what is required, where you find a market, you recruit your farmers, you give them the investment needed, and they produce for that market. That is the way you can grow agriculture. You don't grow agriculture by just giving tools and giving money to people. You have to have people willing to do the work, to prepare the projects, and support the farmers in, 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 in production. So yes, the, the opportunity is there, and those people who feel that Dominica is dead, some people feel there is no hope, I feel there's still hope for Dominica, but we have to have the right leadership that will unite the people first, because we can't keep fighting each other and build. We have to unite the people and provide the opportunity so people will see, feel hope, and feel a sense of achievement in, in their daily lives. So thank you very much. All right, and thank you. Thank you so much for your intervention this morning. You know... And you said a couple of very interesting and important things. Uh, you, you, you spoke to the need for, of course, the leadership, but importantly, and probably more importantly, the need for the people of Dominica to unite and to come together. Because if we're going in the same direction, you know, then we have to unite. We have to pool together. So in other, in other words, our efforts should be that of the, the people on the shore trying to pull a, a boat that is laden with fish in. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. It's not like a tug of war where you have two sides and you, know, you have people, strong, powerful people on both sides, but it's not going anywhere because you just keep going back and forth, back and forth. You need to, be, to have this, this effort of people working together across party lines. You know? And that's one of the things that I, I never quite understood and, and, and you know, could never quite wrap my mind around it, is that if you're in government, as a government of a country, why would you not call on the best people to help the country? 
Why would you not call on the best advice if these people are willing to give this advice? Why do you automatically cast aside or, or you know, not listen to or demonize or try to arrest and imprison those who can give support and, and can make a difference? It is never quite, I have never quite understood this approach to leadership. It, it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, I can tell you if ever I was in a position of authority, then I would want to call on those who know something about something, you know, call on the collective efforts of, of everybody. Because I believe that's the way you, you move forward. You cannot move forward in a divided way. You know, it's like trying to sing and everybody singing their own tune, every, everybody in their own way, you know. Where it, where, the, where it sounds beautiful is where you have the harmony of voices, everybody singing from the same hymn shirt, committed to the same purpose, and really united in effort. And that is what I, that's what I believe is critically important for us in Dominica. They need to work together, they need to work as a country, and they need to do it in the belief that ultimately we're helping to build our country. Now, I was uh, curious to see, because the government talked about the importance that lately we've been hearing a little talk about agriculture from the, from the government. And so I was curious to see what the budget offers as far as the agriculture sector. And agriculture, again, it is listed not as number one, but it's, it comes after tourism. It comes after everything else, product development. Um, it comes after international airport. It comes after, you know, <laughs> it's within a pillar, government's pillar, um, water resource management, roads, infrastructure. So that's, it comes under pillar number two, investments for resilience, growth, and sustainable development. But the number one thing there is not agriculture. So buried in the budget is something on agriculture. Let me just read a little bit of what it says uh, in the budget on agriculture. See, it's taking me some time to find it because it's literally buried uh, in the budget of 2022-23. All right. Um, it says that agriculture has always been a priority of government. Now, that we know is not true, so I won't even dwell on this. Since the passage of Hurricane Maria almost five years ago, my government has invested $145.6 million in agriculture to sustain livelihoods, ensure the consistent supply of fresh produce to meet local consumption and to meet export demand. The government's investments have resulted in economic growth, increased employment, and higher foreign exchange earnings. It would have been nice to say, to, to read in, in the budget, that government's investments have resulted in X percent economic growth, has resulted in X amount of persons employed, and X amount of foreign exchange. It's not, nothing of that. It just, it just says it. Okay? So we have to believe in that somehow investments in agriculture have resulted in higher foreign exchange increased employment, and, and so on. As we have for the past 20 years, this year we will continue our, with our investments in agriculture to the tune of $55 million. That is $8.2 current expenditure and 46.8 on the capital, representing an increase of $15.5 over the last fiscal year. Now, that's the important part. It says our investments will be targeted to respond to the new and emerging global challenges as well as opportunities to increase market share locally, regionally and internationally. Our focus is on ensuring that we can increase productivity and production while at the same time generating individual 
and national wealth. All right, so that again is, is very vague. Um, it does not say much in terms of, of a strategy. Um, you know, just, just mouthing things that you want to see done is not going to make it done. Um, for example, this $55 million that you're going to spend, what is it going to be spent on? Are you going to build the roads in Salisbury, for example, one of the most productive agriculture areas in Dominica? Are you going to ensure that this feeder road that links the farms to the village is, in fact, re redone? Um, other feeder roads we have in my own area of Tiguan Fon and Coffee and those areas, are you going to make sure that those feeder roads are repaired, that there, there is access? Are you going to ensure that new lands are opened up? Because there is, there is a lot of uh, good land still that can be opened up with some good feeder roads and made available to the public and to persons willing to, to plant. So you, there needed to be more, a more focused approach to agriculture. All right, and, and, and also I would have liked to see a more uh, committed, uh, a greater commitment on the part of government to marketing and to ensuring that the produce gets to the foreign market. I also noticed in this government's budget that the emphasis again is on fresh produce to the market. Yeah, it's good to get fresh produce to the market, but with fresh produce, you're only getting a, a fraction of the value of your crop okay the real value to agriculture is in adding value to it and the way you do that is that you process so the same mangoes yes you eat some fresh but you process these mangoes into juice so whereas one mango can probably sell for a dollar if the same mango is turned into juice it can probably sell for five dollars so just in this adding value, you've already changed the value of a, of a mango from a dollar to five dollars by simply subjecting this mango to some processing. Okay, so that's the kind of thing that I think the government of Dominica needed to concern itself with and any government coming should be looking to do. You know, that is how you create new opportunities. Not everybody wants to go or to subject themselves to the realities of agriculture, having to face the rain and you know, the hard work in the hot, in the hot sun of, you know, planting, weeding, you know, fertilizing, all the rest of it. But there are people who will gladly put on their nice clothes and go to a factory to work. There are people, there are people who will gladly do the accounting and do the computer graphics and the advertising and the promotions and so on for those goods. So, you know, you can really do and employ a whole range of people in a whole range of different disciplines if you do a focus on agriculture that is smart, agriculture that is geared towards adding value, and agriculture that is meant to truly creating sustainable jobs. It is possible and it can be done. All right, it's 21 before. And we all know laundry is incomplete without bleach. This summer, win big with spotless bleach. Purchase one gallon or any two bottles of spotless bleach at participating retailers for a chance to be a lucky winner. Buy weekly draws of shopping vouchers and hampers and a grand prize of a washing machine on September 30th. 
Keep your whites the whitest this school year with Spotless Bleach. Promotion runs from July 25th to September 30th and is available at S-Mart, Lindomart, Green Supermarket, Green's Wholesale, Barber's Enterprise, and AC Schoenberg. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning, Fresh Market Pharmacy. How may I be of assistance to you? This is Mamari from Salisbury. Oh, Mamari, how you doing? I'm not too bad, no. I'm calling for my normal medicine. Okay. But I don't know how I reach in Dongno to Fresh Market Pharmacy. Mamari, that's not a problem. We can have that delivered to you. Fresh Market Pharmacy now offers free delivery on pharmaceuticals from Jimit to Point Michelle, Mondays to Fridays. What about past Jimit? Spend $30 or more for free delivery up to Portsmouth on Tuesdays and Thursdays. WhatsApp or call 613-2910 or email us at fmpharmacy at finefoodsinc.com. Delivery currently limited to pharmaceuticals only. A secret. I'm going to tell you where you can get 10% discount on all prescriptions. Quick Care Pharmacy on Hillsborough Street at the Hartsborough Medical Center. Pills and potions. At Quick Care Pharmacy, your health and well-being is our prerogative. We do more than just fill prescriptions. We take care of you like family. Our expert on-site pharmacist takes time to educate you about your medication. We have raised the standards of Pharmacare so our customers enjoy exceptional service from our professional staff in air-conditioned comfort. We offer blood sugar and blood pressure checks. Quick Care takes the hassle of commuting in these pandemic times with our low-cost delivery service from Point Michelle to Jimit. We're open Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Quick Care Pharmacy. Prescriptions and refills made easier and affordable for you. Call 440-8600 or WhatsApp 277-8944. and MasterCard invite you to spend four amazing days in New York. How do you win? For every 500 Eastern Caribbean dollars you spend paying with your personal NBD MasterCard credit card, you win an entry for the prize draw. And for every 250 Eastern Caribbean dollars at pharmacies, supermarkets, and gas stations, you get an additional entry. Isn't that great? You don't have your NBD MasterCard yet? Apply online at nbdominica.com slash credit hyphen cards. Hurry, offer ends September 20, 2022. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the hot set for today. My name is Thompson Fontin, sitting in for the man Matt Pelty, who is away uh, taking care of business, and he will be back, I believe, sometime next week. Uh, but for now, I'm happy to be sitting in for him. It is 18 before the hour of 10 o'clock as, as we continue our discussion. Today, we are, we are looking at uh, specifically at the budget. We're looking at, at any type of, of hope, uh, any creation uh, within this budget that we could really pin our hopes on. And I was, I was searching uh, frantically in the budget for something that we, we could really discuss. And we, we've talked about some key themes. We, we, we talked about the debt issue. We talked about the need to address the inflation problem and as well as to, to address the issue of the high rate of youth unemployment. And... Uh, I am seeing on, in the budget on page um, 34, 
the government says a special fund in the amount of $1 million will be established to support large banana farmers. A fixed number of banana farmers will be targeted based on the historical performance and growth potential. And that's it. That's all it says. So it's bold. It's, it's put out there. But again, you know, something like that, which seems to me to be a major initiative um, where you're targeting banana farmers, which, which could indicate an interest in revitalizing the banana sector. Then I would, li I would like to see uh, an addition to this, which would be uh, because the government is committed to ensuring that we resuscitate it or we bring back to life the banana sector and we'll be targeting not x amount not, not a given amount but 10 farmers 15 farmers give a specific number you know who the, the farmers are you know what you want to do with them but ultimately you want to ensure that you want to go back into the export sector so you talk about that you know you you, you link whatever proposed policy that you have in that case your policy is to target a certain number of banana farmers with $1 million, then you need to say how many farmers, you need to say what you intend to do with them, and you need to say what is the end product. That is how you do things. That's how you operate within a budget setting. You don't just put things out there, and a year later, in the next year's budget, you'll come back and say, we'll give a $1 million to the farmers again. But within that year, what have you done? And I think very often that's, that's what happens. Promises are made within the budget without being clearly fought through and fought out. And at the end of the day, they're just that, promises. So nothing happens to it. It lies in the budget. And I, can, I can guarantee you, if I were to, if I'm to go back in the, in the historic budgets of this country, we'll see that time and time again, these types of promises are made. And there is very little to back it up. They're just promises. They're just put out there and nothing happens. So uh, the question I would, I would like to ask is, is the government committed to making Banana King again? Are they committed? Is, is that a commitment on the part of the government to do as St. Lucia did and revamp and revitalize the banana sector to the point where they are once again exporting bananas to the United Kingdom? Is that where? We are headed. So that's one. Uh, the other one has to do with the livestock expansion. Again, um, talking about livestock, but it's more in the context of chicks. I would have, have expected a discussion of the livestock sector to include what you're going to do with, um, you know, your 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 cows, your goats, your sheep. You know, um, are you going to increase the production of pork? I understand we are now buying pork from overseas. You know, and it, it's interesting because I, I went to a certain place and purchased some pork. And I'm like, but this pork tastes very different. That does not taste like the Dominican pork that, uh, that I, I knew. You know, the taste, it just does not taste the same. And someone said, well, what are you talking about? This, is, this pork is imported. <laughs> you know, you can hardly find local pork anymore. You know, most of the pork has been imported. So are the policies to get back the Dominica pork, which is the best tasting pork anywhere in the world. Not that I, I am making a, a, a call for people to eat pork. I'm just saying that some of us like pork. And, and um, you know, the question is, what are we doing about that part of it you know it's not just chicks and it's not just poultry but obviously it has more to do with milk production you know quality 
um, cuts of meat and so on that needs to be produced in Dominica. Let's go back to the telephones. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning, doctor. Yes, you know, I, when you speak agriculture, that's my thing. That's what I grew up on. That's what I do. And I mean, although I have left Dominica, but it's sad to see where agriculture is and where it was and what it used to do for us in Dominica. And one of the things that is that I am very passionate about is in terms of meat production. Now, we had a, I think it was a, what those two things came from the Labour Party, was the abattoir and the coffee factory. Those two areas were two key areas I thought that they were really going to develop and have them as their, as their own. But sadly enough, they did not continue with them, and I suspect there's good reasons why they did not continue. I mean, right now, what is our import, import bill for, for meat in Dominica? Is how many millions of dollars? It's in the millions. Could that sure. money stay in the country if we had the abattoir and a proper, a, a proper program in place for meat production? Well, meet the, the abattoir, the abattoir is there. You know, um, they built an abattoir. Probably it's not functioning at a hundred percent, but there is an abattoir currently. Well, even if there's an abattoir, but I know it wasn't when I when I heard about the abattoir. But having an abattoir is just one. In fact, that is. That is that is one part of the whole process. But you have to have a program in place that how you um, program people to produce meat in, in, a, in a healthy environment. For instance, I mean, I have traveled in the Republic of Dominica. I know Dominica is back of my hand. So when I speak, I'm not speaking from an ignorant point of view. There are some communities in Dominica, very little, very little happiness communities. Like, for instance, Supriya Scott said, now, do you need a lot of land to produce um, meat? No. In these areas, if you had about a million dollars coming in every month in terms of meat production, that would be very good for the Sufria Scotland area. What about um, Pity Savan, Pity Sufria and these areas? You know, if you have proper, uh, a proper plan in place for these areas, you can have about a million, uh, you know, probably, you know, a couple million coming in every, every how many months, which transform the lives of these people, right? And, and, and generally, if you had a proper plan in place for meat production, you would, the country um, importation bill would be reduced significantly because you're talking about over probably $25 million probably or, or more per year, right? So if, if, let's suppose it is $25 million a year in terms of meat, importation of meat, what if we could save that and leave money go back into the communities? What a transformation there would be, right? But I don't, I don't know if the government is really serious. But from what I'm seeing, after 20 years, there's nothing to show, you know. So, you know, I'm really, really, you know, disappointed. And, I mean, I have seen farms where I live, big farms and meat production, where they have to be making provisions for their birds, for their, for their, for their cows, for winter. Whereas in Dominica, we don't have that cost to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so many advantages in Dominica. It's tremendous, but you need good management. You don't need you need real managers. You know, and a good manager, a real good manager, is not about himself. It's about people development. You know, you know, from what I have studied and read, and and, and about a, a good manager, he 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 
what he does. Sometimes he doesn't even see what he does. But because of the good programs that he has put in place, the people that he has trained will surpass him. Does our leaders in Dominica have that kind of quality? I doubt it. Anyway, thank you. And um, good program. God bless. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carla. We appreciate your input. And, and I share your frustration, obviously, uh, with this lack of growth, lack of development, and, you know, different lack, especially in the agriculture sector. Uh, to the telephones, good morning to you. Mr. Thompson. Yes, sir. I want to challenge your, 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 your skills in economy. economics. I respect you on that level, but I need answers. For instance, my question is, if you got a supermarket running, right, and um, you started up with 12 shelves of goods and your, your bill, you stock up. Uh, by the end of two, three, four years, you only left three or two, two or three shelves stuck up. What process are you going into right now? What is possible? What is the future of your supermarket? Hello? Yes, uh-huh. I'm with you. Uh, isn't it a sign of foreclosure that you're about to shut down? You started with 12. Now you're down to three. You're not making progress. Wow. So you're saying that the shelves are just disappearing, basically? Huh? You're saying that it's just disappearing because you started with 12 and now you're, you're down to just three. Right, so definitely your business is about to shut down because you cannot meet demands anymore, your expenses and all this different stuff. Bad management. Mm -hmm. And and do you think the, the, the I don't know if it, do you think the manager you may have is capable of bringing back that supermarket since that is under his watch that it fell, it closed down, it's about to close down? I don't think so. So, take it back to Dominica. You grew up in Dominica. You were a man on the ground. Now, what I'm saying is that you know Dominica before. Everywhere had some economical activity in Dominica. You can move from north, south, east, and west and feel comfortable spending money, money, turning over activities happening, people working. Today, everywhere in Dominica is shut down. And you only have Roseau around Roseau that have an economical activity. Even Portsmouth, that was a U.S. currency state in Dominica, where the U.S. was dominated, shut down under this management we have in Dominica. Only Roseau remain. Roseau and environments around Roseau, New Tom to Jimmy area. And you're telling me that Roosevelt's carrot, because but, let me tell you something, can bring this country back. It's not, this man leadership is a leadership of death. It's a cursed leadership that brings people to their grave even. It's not going to come back under that leadership. Because all what we're talking about, brother, these are easy things to prosper Dominica. Livestock, agriculture, just the right management. And agriculture is back on top. It's easy to happen. It's not nothing hard. You know what I'm saying? Everything we're talking about, Dominica have the potential to flourish in this thing. But on the Roosevelt's carried leadership and its cronies, 
that is not possible, will never be possible. But the death of Dominica will always be what is before us. Anyway, thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carla. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with a lot more of talk on the budget and what it pretends for all of us here in Dominica. That time that you should be getting some KFC. For a speedier drive-thru experience, please remember these simple guidelines. Number one, discuss and decide on your favorite meal before you get to the order taker. So you have a super spicy of size. Number two, lower the volume on your stereo sets. I'm sorry, can you speak on the please? Number three, do not scream and speak clearly as extreme noise will affect your order taker from hearing your order clearly. Number four, if your vehicle is a left-hand drive, allow the person on the passenger side to place your order. It's that easy. Number five, you can pay by cash or by card. No matter what form of payment, only one payment is allowed for any amount of orders placed at the window. All of today, we are expecting you. Thanks for choosing KFC Our aim is to please. You drive in, drive through, drive out. KFC, it's good to burn. Tune in to the Global View on Q tonight, Tuesday, 23rd August, 8 p.m. on Q95, the big station. I'm your host, Sheridan Gregoire, Mr. G. My distinguished guests are economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, Dominica Freedom Party leader Bernard Ito, financial consultant Ronald Lander, and retired banker Julius Corbett. It is the 34th Tuesday of 2022. We are continuing to move towards reviving the spirit of graciousness, love, peace, prosperity, and unity in Dominica's Kalinago and Afro-Caribbean people. The topic is Dominica's economy, the way it was, the way it is now, and what it is that can be done to ensure that it becomes what it should be with good governance and management of its natural and human resources, with work, wages, and wealth for Dominicans at the core of long-term planning and prioritized in national annual budgets. Here are some talking points that we will discuss tonight. How did Dominica manage its economy and its resources in the past, before the year 2000? Were farmers better off in past years than the previous governments? Did Dominican entrepreneurs and manufacturers do better under past regimes? Was Dominican society more unified, more organized, and law-abiding in past years? What was Dominica's national debt, its balance of trade, and its debt-to-GDP ratio in past years? What kind of report card can be given to the management of economic and social situation after 22 years of DLP governance? Has Dominica made the best use of its natural and human resources over the past 22 years? Or has Dominican economy and society progressed over the past 22 years under the DLP government? What is the role and importance of long-term planning and proper budgeting? What is the best way forward for Dominica's economy and society? What are the major pillars and sectors on which to build Dominica's economy going forward? We will look at some major potential industries tonight, and certainly agriculture is among them. But the question is, what should Dominicans at home and abroad do to ensure that good governance and proper long-term planning and annual national budgeting that is focused on true resilience, meaningful sustainability, foreign earnings and export-led growth that results in work, wages and wealth 
Dr. Melikans, economist Dr. Thompson Fontaine, Dominica Freedom Party leader Bernardito, financial consultant Ronald Lander, and retired banker Julius Cowett will help us unravel some of the answers to these major issues and find solutions for the way forward for Dominica. They will discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and the dangerous with no anger, no malice, no personal attacks, no vilification, no divisiveness, just bringing back civility and a caring society and progressive governance, recognizing the imperative for true resilient sustainability of our Kalinago and Afro-Caribbean brothers and sisters. Your voices at home and abroad always take priority. Calling and tell us what you think of Dominica's economy, the way it was, the way it is now, what can it become with good governance and management of its natural human resources with work, wages, and wealth for Dominicans at the core of its long-term planning and prioritize in national budgets. So tune in to this space tonight for another great debate, get the answers to your questions, be part of the solution wherever you are in Dominica, in the region and globally. Join the conversation tonight at 8 p.m. on the Global View on Q. Call in and have your say as you do every Tuesday with me, Mr. G, only on Q95, the big station. All right, be sure to join us tonight for this conversation on the big station Q95 as we will continue to deal with a lot of these themes that you're hearing, but just that more in-depth discussion on tonight's Global View. We are continuing our discussion at 1 past of 10 o'clock. We have another hour of discussion or so, I believe, I hope. All right, let's go back to the telephones. Good morning to you. Hello, Colin. Yes. I'm back again, my friend. I, I was kind of inclined to call. I heard a gentleman say that um, the one who challenged you, he said that you were economist and he put a question before you with, with the store that referenced 12 sales and now you're down to two or three. And my brother, I have to agree wholeheartedly with that gentleman. Here's my, my, my thing, I feel, where the, the country is at now. The government running the country is like a ship lost at sea, and Dominica is like a drowning man grasping for a straw. It's not that there is not hope in the people, but we must first recognize where we are, the situation on the ground, to be able to repair it. And... The government who is in place right now has such more money, I would say more money than, than every other administration before them. But they have such the most money than everybody else. You gave them a country that was on the rise. Ross it was at the forefront of the gentleman's conversation. There was Ross, there was Trump. There were many things taking place. Lots of businesses flourishing and growing. And the government 
came into power and it's all gone. So that means the government is like a ship lost at sea without a rudder and don't know which way to turn. I've said before, what this gentleman is always talking about, how he loved Dominica and he want to take and deal with people swiftly because it's stopping the progress of Dominica, he should start with himself. Step down or the people should make him step down. Because as we speak right now, people in, in Pakistan, one of his uh, friends, friendly government that he deal with, the people raising hell over there against the leader. In Haiti today, the people getting a, 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 a protest against the government because they want them to resign because of bad governance and the people came see the like. So what I'm saying is the gentleman had a good thing when it was handed to him and he destroyed it all. He let it slip away from him. That means he's a bad manager. He cannot do anything, but he's so blinded by greed. So his love is for greed and not nation, and the people must force him to do that. That's the only solution I see to, to, to move forward. You know, he, he has to be stepping down to get out of the way, let the people do what they have to do. You know, otherwise the country is not going nowhere. We'll be there another five, ten years, another, uh, 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 what do you call it, term or two, with the same argument. So simple as that. I mean, there's no other solution. Because we could talk and plan all we want. But as long as this rock is in the way, this big stone in the way, you can't get to your garden, you cannot get to your store, you cannot get to, you know, the, the island economy will not move forward. Thank you very much. All right, a very special thanks to you for your call. Let's continue for telephone calls. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Fountain, and how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yes, I am a believer. I believe in my country. I believe in the ability of my people to transform my country, transform the economy. Some, a, guy, a gentleman called you, and he made some positive remarks, but he was also negative and, uh, and pessimistic. When he said, even though you change the government and you bring in a new government, the, the economy it will take a long time to, to transform the economy of this country. I don't believe so, Dr. Pumpkin. With a United Workers' Party government at the helm and Mr. Linton as um, prime minister of the country and with economists like you, first of all, let me go back and say, first thing we have to do, we have to reunify our people, bring everybody together. We need all hands on deck. Yes, so I was saying with economists like you, um, Mr. Ken Vital, Joshua Francis, and many others whose, whose names do readily come to mind, working together to transform Dominica, we're going to take Dominica. Within the five years of the United Workers' Party, people would be surprised to see where we're going to take Dominica to. First of all, agriculture has to be the flagship and things centered around agriculture, tourism, um, manufacturing, and, um, and the um, industry, construction and industry. You need roads. This is the first thing. Farmers must have access to their farms, and you need proper roads. You need marketing. The farmers should not be the ones responsible to go there look for marketing. Only farmers' responsibility is to plant to produce and the government look for market for for the farmers. And with all that in place, like take for example, um, former Minister Carbon spoke about a hatchery they, they were they built in or they were about building in Kenfield for turtles. 
We can do the same thing for crab, like Mr. Mr. G was saying last week on his program. That crab bulk can be a million or million dollar industry. Forget about the close season for crabs. We have a hatchery where we hatching crabs, so people, the people will have crabs available throughout the year. So we can produce crab bags and sell out, sell out there. That can bring millions, millions of dollars to the economy. The, the um, cannabis industry, scary um, pro, um, how you calling it? Legalize or allow people to have a certain amount of grams of, of, of marijuana. But that's that we're looking for. And know what he has done in almost every village in Dominica. You pass very early in the morning, you see guys in a Calabash scissors cutting marijuana. That's not, that's not what the United Workers Party would do. Because we know that the marijuana industry, products made from hemp and everything, uh, uh, for medicine, for everything, can be a billion-dollar industry. Barbados is taking advantage of it. Jamaica is taking advantage of it. But what our, 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 our prime minister do? Legalize a, 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 a couple of seas or a couple of trees for people. And people, you go at people's homes or in people's holdings, people you see who never have used to plant marijuana, they have free marijuana trees. That's nonsense. What we have to do is take advantage of the things that are available for us, nature, tourism, and those things. So I believe with the right people in place, the um, economy of this country can be transferred, transformed, sorry, within five years. Thank you very much for allowing me to make my contribution. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. Thanks for making the contribution. I certainly agree with you. It does not take too long. I mean, the United Workers Party did it between 1995 and 2000. They transformed the economy with tremendous projects, school building projects, road building projects, agricultural diversification projects, you name it. It was done all within five years. So, yes, the history is there. The records are there. It's 9 past of 10 o'clock. I'm getting some information that I just would like to share with you. We are, we are learning, and you know, earlier we, we talked about the uh, inflation and the high cost of living, and we know that the, the bus farmers, the bus drivers rather, the bus drivers have been agitating a lot for um, increases in bus fares across the island. And um, I've been made to understand that um, an ultimatum has been given to the transport board an ultimatum to respond within two days to the request by the bus drivers to have their bus fares increased and failure to do so could result in some action being taken by the bus drivers next week all right so something to keep an eye out of for so it seems that we are either going to have an increase in bus fares probably across the country or we are going to have some type of action taken by the bus drivers. All right, we're still taking your calls, 449-3095-3096-3097-616-4257. You know... It is, it is interesting to note, and I was just going back again for the budget, and, and, and was one of the things that I've been going through my mind is the, just the, the tremendous amount of, of, of land 
that is still available for agriculture. And government has, in the budget, there, is, there, is a, there are a few lines dedicated to this, but here's what it says. We will also identify and build a register of vacant agricultural lands that can be put back into production. We will encourage the leasing or sale of these lands either directly to the government or to private individuals. We anticipate that by next year, government will have in place a system to make these lands available to interested farmers. Now, that's a very broad statement, actually a confusing one. Um, but I guess the idea there is that the government wants to build a, a, some kind of register of vacant agricultural lands and then encourage the owners to either lease or sell. But they said they can either sell to government or they can sell to us. And by the way, next year, you know, sometime next year, maybe March, maybe April, maybe December, but sometime next year, we'll have those lands available. <laughs> now, you know, that's not how you, you write a budget. That's not how you build a budget. But it's supposed to be precise action points, uh, policy decisions that, are, that will be taken out with timelines, with definite dates that people can hang on to. So I know that at the end of September, lands will be available. You know, you have to be more specific. But when you just throw this, it appears that these are just disjointed ideas thrown together hoping that something will stick that's not how the way it's done let's go back to the telephones good morning um good morning dr fountain yes a good morning to you and good morning to our listeners at home and abroad you know dr fountain um in talking of the work that the united workers party has done we forgot along the way that they expanded the now crumbling financial services sector. We added offshore banking that not only provided good wages, but it also um, provided opportunities for real estate persons to rent their building, sell furniture, even manufacture furniture. And the state of the financial services sector reflects much like what has been done to the wider economy. Banana went by the wayside. Ginger went by the wayside. Peppers went by the wayside. Animal production feed and so went by the wayside. And now our financial services sector is going by the wayside. See that all the international financial institutions are pulling out. It leaves us with a level of uncertainty about the remaining sector that is there. It leaves a lot of questions in terms of where are we what is going to be the result? How are, and the people who are impacted most are the people further down the ladder. For example, we are hearing now, if you have a foreign currency, let us say you have a British pound or US dollar, or Euro or Canadian dollar, 
and you don't have an account at an institution, you cannot exchange it. What is the cause of that? And that is very serious. How does that forebode for the migrant transfer, which is a significant part of our economy, although most of our migrant transfers are through a barrel, you know, products and things rather than actual money. What is, the, what is going to be the result of um, persons sending money to Western Union, to MoneyGram, and so on and so forth? So it is not only the agricultural sector and the industry, you know, manufacturing. If we recall, when Venezuela needed toilet paper, we had a factory producing toilet paper. The government would not even facilitate, facilitate the providing of the, the toilet paper to Venezuela when Venezuela had a large demand for it. So what is the purpose of the government that we have? I don't consider this budget any longer because how we, uh, we have a budget that we prepare, yet we hide lots of things from the budget and we do them outside of the budget, then go to the parliament months later for supplementary budget, supplemental. It is not an honest and truthful budget. And this is not only coming from me. In the past, I recall both the ECCB and the IMF saying that they did not or they do not get accurate information. Therefore, what they put out, although it gives us the feeling that things are not right, it is inaccurate to the point where we cannot make good judgment on what, where we should go, how we should go about it. And this little on the surface, we need fundamental change. It has been done before, and we have persons with the ability who can do it. This government lacks that sort of they, I don't think they understand basic, basic, basic economics. It, they don't understand basic stuff. I mean, a farmer in any one of the old districts can tell you, you have to produce, if you're producing bananas, you have to produce X amount for you to get X amount of dollars. When you get those dollars, you can buy whatever you want with it. It is part of the economy. You need to tell me, a government that claims it has a cash economy, this is very significant, you know. It claims it has a cash economy. So therefore, what happens? You don't need the financial institutions or that your cash economy, there is no checks and balance. It is like in the early 70s, 80s, when you had a massive underground economy in parts of the United States through the money laundering of drug and, and criminal proceeds. So is the suggestion from the Prime Minister and Minister of Finance that Dominica has an underground economy made up mainly of drug trafficking, human smuggling, money laundering. Is that what the Prime Minister said? So these are some of the concerns that the wider community has because 
all of us moving forward and developing our economy. We cannot do it in a vacuum, absent of the region or the wider community. Because when we produce bananas, we have to have a market in the region or in the wider world. If we go, whatever we're going to, beef production, pork production, we have to have a market, a wider community. And I don't see much effort being made other than for us to continue being a recipient and using our financial institutions as a depository for aid rather than facilitating trade. Good morning. All right. A very good morning to you and thank you so much. Let's continue with your telephone calls. We're going to go to the local lines this time. Good morning to you. It's 20 past of 10 o'clock. Mr. Thompson. Yes, sir. I try sometimes not to call back, but you keep saying things that just trigger me. Okay. You just say that the government said that, that agricultural land is going to be available for sale to Dominicans, to farmers. All right. I just read. I just. I did not say that. I, I read to you a right, part of read. the budget. Um, let me read it again to you. It says that we will also identify and build a register of vacant agricultural lands that can be put back into production. We will encourage the leasing or sale of these lands either directly or to the government or to private individuals. We anticipate that by next year, government will have in place a system to make these lands available to interested farmers. Okay, okay. What, what I'm looking at, I'm looking at the sale of Dominica per se in the disguise of this agriculture. Because what I'm not getting through that statement is to locally born Dominican. You see? The lands, if, you, if it was specific to locally born Dominican farmers, but when you just say private individuals and agricultural and farmers, it could be some people that by uh, CBI can be buying lands in the disguise of agriculture because it's alleged that the Chinese bought 120 acres in Penrite area of there. You understand what I'm saying? So, this man is not interested in agriculture. When he's talking about opening up spot for agriculture, he's not interested in agriculture, but he's interested in selling the land, not to locally born Dominicans. You see, there is a difference. If you sell your land to locally born Dominicans, you know that it's Dominican land. But if you just sell it to somebody you call private citizen, which is foreign, especially Chinese, that is no more Dominican land, bro. It will move from one child to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. You ain't getting that back again. But locally born Dominican, you can get productivity from that because it's in the hand of a Dominican. He passes on to his generation, which will be Dominican children. Because Dominican is already too small. I don't have a problem with somebody buying a lot to build a house, whether you're foreign or not. But it's too small to sell farmlands to foreign people. You know what I'm saying? This is Dominicans that should earn farmlands, agricultural land in Dominica, I mean locally born Dominican, not foreign CBI citizens. That's just my concern. My concern is this guy tried to sell Dominican in this guy of agriculture. All right, man. 
All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kala. Certainly a reason for concern there, the concern that you raised about who exactly are those lands going to go out to. It's 23 past the hour of, of 10 o'clock. We are here with you until 11 o'clock this morning. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back with a lot more from you, the listener. Dominica Civil Liberties Foundation, Inc. Nidcliffe. Uniting our Kalanago and Afro-Caribbean nature islanders and friends of Dominica at home and abroad. Coming together to help preserve the integrity of Dominica's democracy, human rights and civil liberties. Ensuring free, fair and competitive elections on a level playing field within a system that guarantees freedom of expression, belief and association, respect for the inalienable rights of individuals and minorities. Respect for the rule of law, for free communications media, and free from psychological, mental, and physical abuse of women, minors, the elderly, and young men. Some reported $4 billion from the sale of Dominica's Sacrament of Sovereignty, our citizenships, are alleged to have been deposited in mysterious foreign bank accounts controlled by two men, a shady Lebanese operative and a lead policy director. It is alleged that from this fund, the authorities have illegally and corruptly paid the way for thousands of Dominicans living abroad to travel to Dominica on the eve of general elections to vote strategically to help keep their government in power. Even worse, this money, which should have legally been deposited in the consolidated fund, has allegedly been used for every purpose imaginable for the sole goal of allowing government to remain in power. As a result of this illegal diversion of state funds, which has publicly acknowledged Dominicans have been economically brought to their knees, while large buildings whose ownership is unknown are sprouting all over the country. Our architectural heritage is being desecrated. One party mysteriously erects an imposing headquarters in the city. Foreign artists are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to hold partisan concerts in Dominica. Support our Radiothon, fundraising events, subscriptions, GoFundMe, and other initiatives to help raise funds to support a legal challenge against the siphoning of public funds from the Consolidated Fund and other initiatives and actions. Nature Island Dominica Civil Liberties Foundation, Inc. Nidcliffe, working to help unify and build Dominica and our Afro-Caribbean and Kalanago brothers and sisters at home and abroad. Nidcliffe, fighting to save our Back nature island and dominica all know laundry is incomplete without bleach this summer win big with spotless bleach purchase one gallon or any two bottles of spotless bleach at participating retailers for a chance to be a lucky winner bi-weekly draws of shopping vouchers and hampers and a grand prize of a washing machine on september 30th keep your whites the whitest this school year with spotless bleach promotion runs from july 25th to september 30th and is available at S-Smart, Lindomart, Green Supermarket, Green's Wholesale, Barber's Enterprise, and AC Schillenford. Terms and conditions apply. Twenty-six going down past the hour of ten o'clock. Let's go back to the telephone lines. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Doctor Fontaine. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Hey, I heard you read something about the government intentions for agricultural land in Dominica. Yes. And let me be clear: 
this is this is pure hogwash on a whole bunch of years and i'll tell you why the government responsibility when it comes to land only relates to government land the government have no responsibility or right to decide what private citizens should do with their own property right this is an example of government overreach and and i think um misguided or misdirected policy and probably have some nefarious intentions as we have seen over the years what the government should be telling us is the proper classification of land for example you have areas that are set up as residential agricultural uh environmentally protected areas because of our dependence on on water and, and protecting our rivers and for areas that are designated agricultural lands you can do what they call taxation you can put taxes on this land based on the productivity for example where i'm from uh, there is a hampstead estate that is being labeled as an estate it had historically been a productive part of the country and contributed to the country back in the days but today it lies idle and that is arable land that could be used so what the government could do to encourage development of this agricultural land is to put tax levies based on production so if the estate has a capacity to produce 50 million dollars a year and it, it's meeting that capacity then you lower the taxes you, you 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 give them tax incentives to keep on producing these are some of the things that that can be done by proper classification of land and rearranging the taxation of this land based on productivity so if you have agricultural privately owned lands that's not being productive um, then you can have a, a certain tax bracket on that. And what it will do, it will force people to, you know, make sure that they use, utilize this land accordingly. But to come to Parliament and talk about having private citizens deal with leasing, that's a private issue. And I think if Dominicans allow the Parliament, the people that they send to represent them, to violate their privacy and their personal property, that is a, a, a dangerous precedent would be setting. And I think only in the wrong direction. It, it bodes nothing to the development of Dominica except a hostile takeover of the government on every aspect of Dominica, the economy, the police, the court, and is a continued abuse of our parliament. I say no more. You have a good day, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, as, as you were talking, it really, it really um, triggered a lot of, of thought and, and thinking. And um, I suspect that's not the last we will hear about this one. Uh, and it's, it's really curious because the government talking about buying back private lands, having people sell to them as a government, and, 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 and you wonder about the wisdom of this, you know. And I agree with you. Why is government getting into the, into the weeds, into the nitty-gritty? The government is supposed to be setting policy, policy that makes sure that people are not exploited, that the price of lands are not, do not go overboard, that, that you know, it is, it is affordable. You could set policy, as a one caller said, in terms of, of who can have access to those lands because you want to keep it within the purview of Dominicans. I think that's a good thing, Dominicans first, and I'm not apologetic in any way about that. Um, but yeah, certainly something to consider, uh, something to to think about and to worry about as we move forward here on this this um, uh, Tuesday morning, the twenty third day in the month of August twenty twenty two, and um, we we have we, uh, we are discussing the the budget and and what it is going forward what we can expect what we can look for and, and we want to really thank all of you 
that have been participating so far are really uh, tremendous contributions that we've had. But we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll have a lot more of your discussions as well on this, the hot seat. But if they could, they would say something like this. I like Linus Vepladu. He wanted to tell my daughter, my family brought me to Linus after I died. And the way Linus took care of my body with respect and dignity, my jamie tapikati was special and emotive. Linus Funeral Home, 30 years of experience, professional, reliable and compassionate service. We've had 24-hour emergency service. So long, no more. Pakite anye bazu diwa. Kie 449-1800-275-7564. Or the emergency number, 277. 1800. That time is for you to breathe and grieve. Linus is not willing that any should die. But Bobot, Zandra, you, you must go. So when you go, go with the best chaperone. Linus, you know who. Mama to do from the Sisepa Limus, you got me to help you. Our numbers are 449-1800-449-2100-275-7564 and 276-0400. Call Linhurst the Field. Yes, I. I am Ras Bobby, the Caribbean herbalist, and I have come to talk to you about waking up and live. So, Wake Up and Live is a program that I shall be hosting every third Wednesday of every month from 8 to 10 p.m. on the big station Q95 and uh, on that program, I shall be connecting with um, numberless herbalists, nutritionists, chefs, whereby we shall be talking about the use of natural herbs, the art of, of natural healing in general, breathing exercises, certain um, natural remedies that we can use considering that your food is your medicine and your medicine is your food. So we beseech you brothers and sisters out there to wake up and live and to connect with Q95 to reason about the natural way of life, whereby we shall be speaking to you about the numberless herbs that we have on this beautiful nature island, shall be sharing information about the foods that we have in this beautiful nature island, and generally sharing information about the beautiful natural way of healing. So prevention is better than cure. And remember, of course, that your food is your medicine, your medicine is your food, and so here we come with beautiful information from all the naturopathic healers and nature lovers in this land. So I say one love to you, stay blessed, looking forward to connecting with you so that you could wake up and live. Yes, I. Tune in to Wake Up and Live with Ras Bobby Olivache every third Wednesday right here on Q95. This international Creole cultural magazine presents Creole Heartbeat Hour on QFM, the big station, this and every Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Interviews, music, fun and excitement, an informative and educational hour, an upfront and personal look at the lives of artists, musicians, entertainers, cultural professionals and the movers and shakers in the cultural industry. A front row seat into the Creole cultural traditional and contemporary spinal cord. A microscopic Creole cultural analysis. Highlighting achievements and triumphs. Realizing dreams and goals. And showcasing the journey to excellence. Delving beneath the surface of Creole cultural history. A report on the character of the Creole culture. Dominica's International Creole Cultural Magazine presents Creole Heartbeat Hour on Q95, the big station, this and every Friday. 
from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Be sure to tune in. Crick's vital survival tip for the hurricane season. The hurricane season is here. Do you know what to do? Here's a hurricane tip. Stock up on emergency supplies including water, protective clothing, medication, Duracell batteries, flashlights, road maps, and always keep a full tank of gasoline. Remember to have canned food, sardines, tuna, sausages on hand, as well as Crick's Vital Supplies. Four flavors to choose from. This tip was brought to you by Crick's Vital Supplies, so that if and when the storm arrives, you are more than prepared. Be smart and remember to stock up on Crick's Vital Supplies, distributed by Springfield Trading Limited. It's Tuesday, it's the 23rd day in the month of August, and you're tuning in, of course, to the hot set at 24 before the hour of 11 o'clock. Um, we continue to take your calls, and we're dealing with the budget. And as, as I went through the budget, I noticed, um, in fact, two very important things that I want to talk about. One has to do with the cannabis industry, and the other one has to do with the building of feeder roads. We're going to be talking about this in a while, but before I do, let's go back to the telephone. Good morning to you. Good morning, caller. Go ahead, please. All right. Caller, good morning to you. Good morning, man. Yes, good morning. Uh, before your break, the caller, the, 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 that's the caller from overseas, man. This caller has always been an inspiration to me. I love how we dissect things and analyze things and all these things. But there is something we missed out. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hello, caller. All right, I'm not sure what happened there. I'm going to ask you to call again. I will, I'm interested to hear what the caller missed with regards to this particular uh, intervention that we had this morning. All right, well, while we await this call, I'm going to be talking. Let's, let's go first to the, the road projects, um, feeder roads that have been built. And, and the reason why I, I want to do this is because I, I want you in those villages where your road is slitted for rehabilitation and for completion to hold the government's feet to the fire. All right, they've made the promise in this year's budget. You want to make sure that your road is in fact rehabilitated. So they say they're going to repair the fallen roads. The Cahom Road via Mero, the Beauplan at Pebush, Mango Gotter in Wesley, Fomi in Cassie Bruce, Agriculture Station Road in La Plaine, Grand Rivière, La Plaine, the Makaton Road in Grand Bay, and the Middle Ridge Road in Calabishi. So these are the roads the government said that they're going to do this year. And so we are reminding the government of its promise. And if you are in Cassie Bruce or La Plaine or Grand Bay, and you're hearing about the road being built in your area or repaired, it's important that you hold the government to its word to repair those roads. Now, let's talk a little bit about the, the cannabis industry because 
we've seen the government not has not done much in terms of embracing the cannabis industry while countries like jamaica and st vincent have moved miles ahead of us the united states is a multi-billion dollar industry in the united states the cannabis industry making minting millionaires on an almost daily basis there in the united states um, as they focus on medical marijuana in dominica we've been reduced to free trees um, and to smoking the herb um i'm not sure that's what was intended but the government says it is actually working on legislation it is working on legislation uh to develop the medic medicinal cannabis industry all right that's in in your budget and they are working on this legislation a technical committee has been set up and appointed by cabinet and they and this technical committee is considering the significant elements necessary for a successful medicinal cannabis industry. And that's not something you need to reinvent. I mean, it is done successfully in other countries. You study what they've done. The United States, in, you know, in Jamaica and elsewhere, where they've done it successfully. You can study. You don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel there. Um, so the, the, according to the budget, this year, as while work is continuing on the new legislative framework, we will take legislation to the House to permit agro-processors engaged in manufacturing the byproducts of cannabis to purchase cannabis locally. So they're going to allow producers of, uh, who are processing the oils and so on from cannabis to produce locally. Now, who are they going to buy from? Because you've, you've only restricted uh, planters of cannabis to free trees. So I saying that everybody has to sell their free trees to those. Will that be enough to really sustain the industry. I mean, that's the kind of, of thinking, that's the kind of, of, of clarity that you need. It's one thing to throw things up in your budget. It's another thing to be clear about what you're doing. Because on the one hand, you have policy that limits individuals to growing free trees. On the other hand, you're saying that you're going to allow for processors to purchase cannabis locally. Where are they going to buy it from? Police, just two days ago, police charged a gentleman for 41 trees of marijuana. So it's not clear to me where that policy is or what, what truly is going on. Um, it goes on to say further that agro-processors will be required to carry licenses granted by the Commissioner of Police and other regulating agencies. Furthermore, we will decriminalize the sale of byproducts of cannabis such as bams, oils, and creams produced locally. So still a long ways to go, this government, uh, in terms of really making the kind of returns. Um, now, you would recall that the United Workers' Party had a very clear plan for the cannabis sector that would put millions and millions of dollars in the hands of Dominicans. There was a very clear um, policy with regards to the development of the cannabis industry that would see Dominica benefit as other countries are benefiting, given its medicinal value, given you know the oils the bams the 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 foods the you know the toffees the the cakes the everything else that is that is made around marijuana and its health benefits as well so um you know it's it's it all boils back ultimately to leadership and, and how you want to see your country grow and, and who you put in charge of your country um, but the country continues nonetheless to suffer we continue to to really be in a bad way uh, locally, uh, because government just ain't caught in it. This is the hot set.
We're taking the call still, the overseas line 305 432 9624. 4499 3096 3097. Of course, this evening on the Global View and Q at 8 o'clock, we'll be back to discuss in some more detail. Uh, the way forward for Dominica. A very good morning to you on the telephone. Good morning, Mr. Fontaine. Yes, good Dr. morning. Mr. Fontaine, uh, can, I, can I go to the parliament and this legislation that they just claim that they want to pass? Yes, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, well, I, you know, I heard, I heard parts of, of the parliament and I cannot understand for the life of me what legislation it is that needs to be passed so urgently because the, the Minister of Security claimed that so many people, millions of dollars were confiscated because of this, uh, the legislation that exists already. So what is the big rush to have like an emergency session of Parliament to put more legislation? Is there something that they're not telling us or do you know? Because I don't. I'm wondering if there's some kind of funding that they need to get that they must pass a certain legislation. Is that the case, or is there some other reason, Mr. Fontaine? Uh, well, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, my understanding is that the, the, the task force, the Korean um, uh, task force, they're actually holding a meeting in Dominica this week, and, and that may have been some of the reasons we see the urgency, um, trying to prove that the country is doing something about money laundering. But this... Besides that, Doctor, I mean, who in Dominica has money to, to launder? That's the question. <laughs> who are the people with the money that are capable of laundering it? We all know who has the money. We, we, we know the famous statement about who runs things in Dominica. We know, we see the mansions. We know who has the money. So what poor man, how much does a poor man have to launder that they need to put all these things in place? Because obviously, ultimately, if the police are in your pocket and they do not investigate, no case can go forward. And we see that there's a problem with the independence of the police. We saw the report of Antigua police, how they, they made a report and it didn't seem to favor the government. But you cannot see such a report in Dominica. No such report has come out in Dominica. And as a matter of fact, it seems like our police are implicated in that action. So unless we clean up our police, we passing any amount of legislation is not going to cure anything. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carla. Indeed. Um, certainly a very good question posed there in terms of the urgency, in terms of how wide and, and, and who exactly is all of that legislation targeted against. Uh, very interesting times in Dominica, is it not? All right, it's, it's 14 before the hour of um, 11 o'clock. Uh, we make our way at 11, uh, just at 11.
All right, let's take a look there at the the small business and and the attempts at the at the um, budget to address this issue. You know, so what we have in this budget is a lot of loose ideas uh, that's not really targeting, that's not really getting to the heart of the matter, because you want a budget that is transformative. You want a budget that really transforms you or moves you from one from where you are to another higher place. But we're not seeing that in the budget. We are seeing a lot of disjointed ideas. You know, the government may do this next year. We may see this. You know, we will we will probably try this. We will go with legislation. Nothing that appears to me to be to be solidly concrete that can address the issues we spoke about. Remember, we spoke about the high youth unemployment, which is truly truly concerning. When you have such large numbers of young people, most of them educated, without a chance, without any future to hang on to, then this is a serious problem for the country. You know, this high youth unemployment. And we talked about the, the problem of the high pricing and the fact that the, the public servants have not been rewarded. You have hardworking, as I said, you know, police officers, fire, firemen, who work the midnight shift and, and, and who have to be away from the families at night and so on. You know, hard workers and, and, and not, not really benefiting, not really being able to keep up with their lifestyles, not really being able to keep up because they, over time, the value of their wages have been eroded. So really, if you were making $1,500 a year ago, and this year you're still making $1,500 effectively, although you're getting $1,500 in your hand, this fifteen hundred dollars is probably worth thirteen hundred or even twelve hundred dollars. So you really, you really have fifteen hundred dollars, yes. But in reality, in terms of what that can buy you, what that can command, it's about twelve hundred dollars. So progressively over time, you are becoming poorer and poorer, and that is something that we certainly uh, need to guard against. Um, certainly something that we should be concerned about uh, very much. So in Dominica. As we take a quick break, we'll be right back. In September 2017, our lives here in Dominica changed forever. Hurricane Maria took our homes, lives of our loved ones, and left us with billions of dollars in damages to repair. We at Flow were not immune to this destruction, but we made a promise then and there to rebuild with you in mind. We invested millions of dollars to bring you fiber internet. Not only is it six times faster, but we are offering this at no additional cost. We've all been through a lot for the last couple of years. So come on home to Flow and receive 50% off your mobile bill every month when you bundle and win big daily this summer with every transaction you make. Come home to flow, Dominica. So when you feel like drinking pasta, check out our big bubbly flavors. A bowl taste you just can't beat. Available in two sizes. soft drinks available at Springfield Trading Limited, our root trucks, and all leading supermarkets Eve and shops. delicious. Mmm, can I have seconds? Eve is convenience. <laughs> Lunch is served. Eve is preparation. 
Be sure to stock up on canned goods. Eve is family and friends. <laughs> Eve is love. Mummy, I made you a sandwich. Eve is for everyone, from our family to yours. Eve. All right, and in the few minutes that we have left, I just wanted to focus on one other area and having to do with small businesses. And the government of Dominica is saying that they have, well, two important things. One, they have moved the, the small business um, incentives um, issue out of the hands of Invest Dominica to the Ministry of Tourism, International Transport and Maritime Initiative. So no longer small businesses under the purview of Invest Dominica but it's under the Ministry of Tourism, which is rather an odd place to put businesses. Because if, you know, I could assume that small businesses do not necessarily have to do with tourism. So it's not clear to me why that move was made. Um, but it goes on to say that they have $27.8 million for small businesses, small and medium-sized businesses. But the businesses are, are encouraged to apply for a fiscal incentives license. I wonder what that is, a license for fiscal incentives. Hmm. It's not clear, and, and the budget does not say. So I can only guess. I, I, I'm guessing that if you have a license for fiscal incentives, that, that entitles you to fiscal incentives. But what are the fiscal incentives? What, what are you offering to the small businesses? Are you offering, a tax, are you offering tax breaks? Are you offering concessional uh, borrowing to them? What exactly are you extending to the small It's not clear to me. You know, in the past, we've had small business loans where people are going for $5,000. At the end of the day, they take this $5,000 and go on a shopping spree in St. Martin, or they, they, they take it to go overseas on a holiday. You know, that's not what you want. You want targeted, a targeted focus on small businesses in a way that you can, you can create and you can nurture and build, you know, five, six. You don't need 100 businesses. What you need is, is small businesses that, that can stand on their own two feet, that can be sustainable over time. So I would really like a rethink. I'd really like government to rethink its policy towards small businesses because if you can create a, a powerful small business sector, which means you're able to encourage a, a number, scores and scores of small business owners, you know, you're able to encourage them and help them grow and, and build their businesses. They'll, at one point, they'll be able to pay taxes. They'll be able to employ uh, four or five workers. And if you have that all over the country, not only in Roseau, but in the north, in the south, in the east, in different parts, in the rural areas of Dominica, you have small businesses that can be encouraged, and that's what you want to do. But I do not see that coming out in the budget. I do, I do not see uh, an effort. So if I were to provide... Uh, a greater to you know as as i said given my years of experience i've been doing that now for gosh how many years now i have been it's been 22 years since i i received my phd in economics it's it's 22 years now and i've been working before that so i, I safely say for over 30 30 odd years i've been looking at um budgets and um performance of governments um i would give that uh, budget an f an F uh, for the very simple reason, uh, a big fail, because it has is, it is, it is not addressed the issues that are more critical to Dominica at this time, which is the issue of high prices, the issue of unemployment, and the issue of job creation. Those three particular areas are not well 
articulated in the budget. There has been some efforts to, to, to talk about agriculture, but um, you have a lot of modeling of land use policies with agriculture use policies. Um, you know, it's just not clear within the budget what direction that you want to go with agriculture. So for all of these reasons, I would rate this a filling budget because it will not, in the short run, it will not deal with the issues that we have in Dominica. Uh, we, will, we will go through the year. We will not see much by way of job creation. We will not see much by way of small business development. We will not see much by way of a reduction in the high prices that we are currently seeing. We will not see much by way of economic activity. We will not see much by way of debt reduction. Uh, so, you know, you, you can safely bet that even when this budget un unveils uh, for the next year, that come July of 2023, you can expect the country to be sufficiently worse off than it is today. And that's my professional opinion, okay? I'm just giving you my professional opinion based upon the budget that I have seen, based upon the track record of this government, based upon the inability of this government to follow through even on its most basic and, and, and simple promises. Given all of this, I think I'm in a very good position to read this budget and to not only read the budget, but to conclude this program on this particular subject by saying that there's a every likelihood that this country in 2023 will be worse off than it was in 2022. As we saw previously, 20, July of 2022 is worse off than it was July of 2021, and so on, going back. Still have time for one more call, so you're going to take this. Good morning to you. Thank you, Doc. Uh, in summary, in my summary, I, I see that Mr. Chavez gave you a coffee plant. His Navy erected it and had it running, and it failed. Mr. Chavez gave you an abattoir, and it is still struggling to today, many years after his death. What is it in agriculture that you can make successful? Now that the election is on the horizon, it appears that they're trying to make a show of, of, of getting into agriculture. All of a sudden, it's on the front burner, because we all know it was admitted that it was on the back burner. So it's a two-show, two-flam. It's not a long-term sustainable thing. The only job that this party has created is the NEP. Elas, good, good, thank you and good morning. All right, thank you. Let's take this call, final one from the overseas line. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning again, sponsor. You see how you had given us the clear path of how the hurricane was going to hit Dominica? That's how I take the budget with no apology. Thank you, sir. Why are you here to enlighten us? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate this uh, very much. It has been my pleasure. And, you know, I wish we could have a lot more of those types of discussions. You know, it's not so much about the party because after all, you know, I, I think of myself first as a Dominican. You know, I think of myself first as a Dominican 
party affiliation afterwards because after all some people were labor rights they're now uwp workers um they now support the uwp party others were freedomite they now support the labor party and vice versa so you know you there's the ability to change parties always you know you don't feel that you you have to be forever indebted to a particular party you know the way it should work is that we should be jumping on the on the bandwagon of a party that offers the best hope for the country so don't think that because you know you are one way this way okay let's assume you support the labor party the labor party is not working for you you need to get rid of them that's how it's done everywhere else right don't feel that you okay i'm labor so i'm gonna leave and die labor no that's a bad way to approach it you know, we can make those. We can make this happen, but we have to do it together. Good morning to you. Yes. Good morning, Doctor Fountain. Yes. Good morning. You have uh, you have about thirty seconds because we are almost done there. Yes. Yeah, I understand, Doctor Fountain. You saying all that? How many of that is the people taking that serious about twenty twenty three? Are the country going to be worse off? And the evidence is there on Ireland. So what are the people going to do? Are they going to wait till it's on their back, till the back's against the wall to make a difference? God give you the intuitive, the intelligence to see the future. And what's wrong with the people? There's no factory manufacturing Dominica. No money is coming to Dominica through working process. There's nothing. So the people not seeing the future is going to be in Dominica. Why are the people in Dominica can't wake up? Instead of saying, I love my PM, but the PM is just messing up the country. This man was never there to build Dominica forward. He was never there from the, the actions. You could see it. The way that they inquire wealth, looking for themselves and not the interests of the country. Dominicans, wake up. The future is in your hands. Thank you, Dr. Fountain. All right. Thank you very much. Wake up and smell the coffee. Not the one from the Dominica coffee plant, though. Since <laughs> that plant. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we was destroyed. But anyways, we'll be back with you tomorrow with another edition of uh, The Hot Set. Remember to join us tonight at 8 o'clock for an edition of The Global View, where we'll take a much closer look at the Dominican economy and the way forward. Thanks to all of you for contributing this morning. We certainly appreciate your calls, not only here in Dominica, from overseas as well. Thank you so much for making the program what it was this morning. Looking forward to be back tomorrow at the same time with another edition of the hot seat until then dominica take care and join the honorable lennox linton this afternoon of course uh for talk on the block my name thompson fontaine have a good day everyone bye-bye